here where the policy people come into picture as it is on the streets uh, or on the railways or on the airways we definitely need much more stringent constraints and regulations how to operate and for what to operate even hey space watchers this is space cafe radio on tour in lusan your channel about trends great people and awesome conferences and you just heard shriniva city of gmv i'm torsten publisher of space watchers global Beginning of May, I had the chance to attend the Leo Kinetic Space Safety Workshop at the EPFL, supported by AXAXL, Leo Labs, ClearSpace, Secure World Foundation and the EPFL eSpace Center. Listen to the interview with Srinivas now. Enjoy. My name is Srinivas Shetty and I lead the SSA, SST and STM activities for GMV Germany. What we do basically is we try to fulfill our customer needs and our current customers are mostly institutional within Europe. This includes DLR, German military part of it and the civilian part of it, USST and CNAS, ASI, uh, ESA and so on. What brings you to this workshop here in Lausanne? It's uh, very exciting times mainly because a lot of things are evolving in terms of awareness of the domain what's the risk in space itself at the same time to gather the inputs from different perspective so there are different facets for this problem naturally like any other engineering or technological problems and in this regards each one is trying to address this problem in their own way some are extremely strongly motivated towards the policy driven approaches some are strongly driven from the algorithm development approaches or the system driven driven approaches and some are even much more beyond on the philosophical level to say that like do we really need that amount of spacecrafts or space market itself so uh, to understand the current situation i think uh, this kind of platforms will definitely enable anybody to uh, get a much wider and broader picture what is your background on that i studied satellite engineering in my masters and uh, I was lucky enough to pursue my PhD following my master's in space situational awareness topic itself in the domain. And this was in 2012 and uh, it was early days of SSA and SST let's say. Since then how the topic began to showcase and uh, the public interest or the institutional interest have attracted kind of uh, drawn me into the topic to pursue my career in the same domain further. From your observation being in this field for a decade now does SSA gets the awareness it needs especially today i would say definitely yes also in from the general public it has helped to have a certain media portrayal of the situation many people have spoken today even in this conference about the movie gravity together with that one having the congressional hearings in united states or the european commissions and the european space agency's efforts in bringing up the intensity of the problem like when they are comparing the situation from the ground pollution to the space pollution or the international agencies like IADC or other agencies like ISRO or JAXA or uh, Chinese Space Agency, everyone's effort is definitely bringing the traction, mm. but definitely it could be improved further. 
who needs scientists when you can have Bullock and Clooney co conveying the message? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but again, just to, it's nice portrayal, yeah. but in terms of technicality, it had many shortcomings in uh, the real life portrayal, like whether it could be the orbit reputation rate or the angle of incident, what was shown, nice graphics, but the actual physics is far from the reality, what yeah. is depicted. Yeah. So let's go into the topic of SSA. Will space debris to become a manageable risk in a foreseeable future for us? This totally depends on us, like how we are going to take care of the things. Who is us? The, in this context, when I say us, I am referring to the whole of humanity, let's say. <laughs> One of the problem is uh, we have to be a bit more clever in making use of these resources. If we go on in the same path of uh, exploiting the fossil fuel, then it might reach the tipping point, uh, which could not be returned. But in the current traction, so since it's been tackled in sort of an early stage itself, it could be manageable if it is handled with care from now on. But some of the scientists say Kessler effect is happening already on a very slow speed, but it's happening already. How can we turn that then? So what is needed to make space sustainable for a long time? So it's very good point when you mention that like Kessler syndrome is already happening. If that is the accuracy of prediction that Don Kessler has done in 1970s, mm -hmm. yes. He had predicted uh, upon two to three collision by year 2010, 2020 in his paper. So that has happened already. So yes, that's correct. What was not considered in Kessler syndrome is that like this advent of mega constellations or large constellations or insane amount of satellites being put from the commercial entities. So this is adding on top of the Kessler syndrome. So it's accelerating, I would say, even. So to answer the second part of the question, to make it sustainable, we have to be extremely cautious. So the, here where the policy people come into picture, as it is on the streets uh, or on the railways or on the airways, we definitely need much more stringent constraints and regulations, how to operate and for what to operate even. The competition is growing in terms of similar technology. The, the advancements of new technology is slowly decreasing while the application of technology is accelerating. And this has to be brought in balance. So if the gap between the acceleration of these two components is somehow minimized, then probably we will reach the sustainability for much longer term. Do we know what's up in space already? Do we have enough information to make accurate predictions and observation? Or are we still running behind? According to our good friend uh, Moriba Ja, we don't know what's happening in space right now. We don't want to go to this extreme because we have obviously a number of information already, but is that sufficient or what is missing? He's absolutely correct. In broader sense, if someone asks you what's happening in space, if you are aware of it, we know it very partially. It goes with every field of science. So we know up to a certain extent, like we know maybe 10, 15 percent of it, the whole environment, what's happening, or maybe more. I'm being conservative here. And the remaining part is absolutely unknown. And the effort nowadays is also like building up understanding in terms of in a statistical way. So what could be achieved uh, in terms of awareness and how to employ this knowledge onto your own missions and your own business cases.
how we can improve it it's the million dollar question mm-hmm. i think a lot of scientists are trying to address it in their own way as i mentioned uh, some people are trying to make it with increasing the observation capabilities and some people are understanding the physics and some people are trying it with increasing the knowledge of space weather and so on and so forth overall it's a very complex environment like any other physical uh, environment to make use of it in a sensible way we just have to be cautious and accept what we are aware of and what we are also not aware of mm-hmm. that we have to say that like yes we don't know and we do not touch that part until we know it do we have the time to get all this information at hand before we acting because we have i think 5000 ish active satellites placed in orbit within increasing crazy amount uh, of our uh, new launches each and every year uh, especially for the mega constellations as you mentioned before so it sounds that we are running behind this problem we have good examples with astroscale or here in in Lausanne clear space but they are far from having an active proof of their work in space on a time when we have these hundreds of of new satellites month by month It's very good time, uh, mainly because I would say this one is the effort has been put in the right direction, and the companies you mentioned, uh, Astroscale or ClearSpace, they, they are starting at somewhere, and every problem needs to be addressed at some point of time. So it's good initiatives that like they are bringing it. Once they have this demonstration, which are planned in the coming years, so probably this technology could be much more effectively utilized for managing even the constellation of satellites or even the defunct old satellites from the early space race times and so on. So definitely I would say that the in- inclination of the community at the moment is in the right direction and it's showcasing very positive outlook let's say what are from your point of view the biggest obstacles that we have to overcome in the coming years the m- main constraint is uh, the availability of data mm. so for anybody wants to operate since orbit is not constrained by national boundaries it goes across around the globe all the time but your observation capabilities are still restricted within your national boundaries with the exceptions of international collaborations but very limited way and unless we come across this data exchange possibility it would be hard to get full picture and having safest possible way to operate your own satellites In this regard space is one of the solutions to observe the space from the space itself or to have international cooperations like right now NORAD and JSPOC or 18 Space Squadron is providing all this required information but at the same time this data is also kind of single source of information to give you an analogy so that you have one clock but your clock runs on its own pace but if you don't have any other clock to check if your clock is showing the right time you don't know which is the correct time or not so you just have to rely upon that one single clock yeah but this kind of normalization uh, we overcome i think 200 years ago are uh, with the prototype meter with the clocks with with all of that so we set this this things here on earth so why don't we address this problem in space already Absolutely this is one of the biggest challenges which is still very much open in the SSA domain where 
we have orbital representation when someone says that like this is my altitude like related parameters related to the satellites unless you know how to make use of it the underlying model of it so they are just a set of telephone numbers now this telephone numbers how to make use of it it's still very much an open question each institute and each entity or each operator is doing their own way and standardization is one of the solutions to have this one and definitely isa um, sensenelec and ccsds all these uh, institutes are putting the effort in terms of standardizing the models the information exchanged and also uh, this the synchronization of data itself for the going back to the analogy for checking the time that like okay this hour this minute this second in the same way we need to say that like this model was used using this type of observation and this is the orbital elements derived out of it hard question at the end will we ever solve this problem with space debris or will at some stage space will be not accessible for us anymore that's a million dollar question <laughs> i'm not charging you for that <laughs> Ju judging by the way the space economy is evolving and uh, talking to many different new space industry especially if they do not turn out to be responsible i think our uh, earth bound space will become unusable mm -hmm. in very near future than expected currently all it takes is one or two collisions in the most congested area to kick off the accelerating kessler syndrome and once that is done there is no way back until the nature itself cleans it up thanks for listening to space cafe radio on tour in lausanne at the leo kinetic space safety workshop at epfl in cooperation with axa xl leo labs clear space secure world foundation and the epfl e-space center If you want to stay on the pulse of space, visit our website, our mothership at spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. But of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Thorsten Greening, CEO and publisher of spacewatch.global, your independent perspective of space. <laughs>